Namaste, and welcome to the Inner Transformations podcast. This is um, uh, my eighth episode, so these continue to develop and, and build, and uh, I'm, I'm enjoying this process. Uh, anyway, today I wanted to explore uh, consciousness uh, in terms of dreams a little more deeply. Uh, previously, I've talked about the, you know, the traditional uh, yogic way of, of understanding consciousness in terms of, of the states of waking, dreaming, and deep dreamless sleep. And these are all uh, aspects of consciousness and aspects of ourselves. And of course, we, especially uh, in the modern Western world, focus primarily on the waking state of consciousness and uh, consider that really to be the, um, the basic reality, the fundamental reality. So many people regard dreams as uh, frivolous, um, you know, and, and in fact, uh, I've talked to many people that, um, that claim they don't dream. And I don't think that that's true or possible, but they don't remember their dreams. And in, uh, in traditional uh, indigenous societies, shamanic societies, uh, when someone doesn't dream, that indicates uh, the loss of soul. Uh, in other words, uh, loss of contact with that uh, deeper part of ourselves that uh, we connect with in dreams. We might call that the, uh, the unconscious. Um, I... Uh, also think it is the the superconscious. It's not just uh, um, in Freudian terms. It's not just the repository of our of our uh, repressed instincts and um, desires. It is also the uh, um, well. It's a, a vast uh, vast source of of information and, and wisdom that we can access uh, through, through dreams, through, through meditation, through dreams, through, uh, you know, through different uh, methodologies, altered states of consciousness. But today, uh, we'll look at dreams because dreams are so basic to our experience. Uh, even if you say that these days you, you don't remember your dreams or you don't think you have dreams, uh, we all know that we have had dreams throughout our lives. Um, and um, they, uh, uh, well, well, we'll look at them from a from a couple angles, couple perspectives, um, just from the, um, you know, from the basic Freudian perspective. Remember, Freud is really considered the the, the father, founding father of, of modern psychology, <clears throat> and of course, dream uh, Freud. Um, wrote a, a wonderful book, a, a transformational book called The Interpretation of Dreams. And he considered dreams to be the via regia, a Latin term meaning the royal road to the unconscious mind. And so uh, uh, much of his therapy of uh, psychoanalysis was focused on uh, interpreting dreams 
what, what those mean and what they reveal about us and how we can use them to, to heal, you know, as a therapeutic uh, means. Um, unfortunately, I think uh, Freud had a very um, limited perspective on, on the unconscious and what it is. Uh, and I think he was limited to, uh, you know, kind of the um, scientific, um, biological kinds of theories of his time. Um, he wanted to avoid any kind of uh, spiritualism. So the, the unconscious for him was uh, primarily um, the id, which is, was, uh, the, um, like I said, the repository of, of really uh, repressed instinctual desires. Um, also, the, uh, the, uh, the unconscious might contain the, the superego as well, which is our, um, you know, our cultural programming. And, uh, you know, for Freud, uh, the, uh, the rational ego was, was stuck between these, these forces, trying to, um, you know, trying to eke out its little, little niche of happiness in uh, the face of reality. And uh, what is reality? If you're a student of philosophy, you know that that is the, um, the $2 trillion question. And uh, the wonderful thing is, if you stay tuned, I promise you that I will not have a definitive answer to that question. So if that's what you were, were hoping for, I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint. <laughs> um, but kind of, I don't want to go into the history of psychology and dreams. Obviously, um, uh, if you are, you know if you study this stuff, uh, uh, Carl Jung, um, a student of Freud's, uh, uh, came to a much different understanding of dreams and the nature of the unconscious. Um, but uh, in terms of um, Eastern. Eastern thought, and uh, and also the, the it correlates with uh, with shamanic thought uh, all over the world. Um, dreams are actually a uh, a deeper order of reality. Um, so that uh, uh, the world that we live in and experience is informed by by our dreams. And we can also, you know, we can, we can use that term. Uh, the term dreams means different things to us. Dreams uh, are those, um, you know, those experiences that we have at night when we're, in a, we're, when we're asleep and we, uh, we vaguely remember when we wake up. Usually we forget very quickly as we go along through the day unless, unless there's something, you know, kind of disturbing and shocking in, there, in that dream. Um, but dreams are also dreams are also, uh, you know, in the, in the way we use the term, they are uh, there are goals and our aspirations and our, our desires, um, the things that we bring into this life, our, our visions for for what we want to experience or achieve in this life. So, uh, and I'm going to kind of mix those terms in a way because I think they are interrelated. They're not completely separate. But to the, the dreams that we have, um, uh, according to the, the shamanic traditions and the, the yogic tradition, um, are, uh, um, they are actually uh, 
involved in the creation of what we call reality. Again, what we call reality usually is our, our waking experience. This is our, our, um, our, our ego very much belongs to the, the waking state uh, of reality. So um, when we go into dreams, we know that uh, I like to think of it as, as similar in a way, if not identical, or if it doesn't, it doesn't actually mean uh, going into the, the quantum field. Uh, because dreams are uh, like the quantum field in a way. Because uh, uh, the, on the quantum level, uh, form doesn't exist. Material form doesn't exist. Uh, what exists is the, uh, the, the potential, the potentiality. And so uh, uh, there's multiple, there are multiple possibilities um, at any given moment in, in the quantum field. And also in the, uh, in the quantum uh, dom domain, uh, time doesn't exist, at least as we know it. Uh, you know, subatomic particles can move uh, backwards in time as well as forward. And um, actually it seems like everything might be happening just right now. <laughs> I, when I was in college, someone told me once, uh, uh, time is... Um, nature's way of keeping everything from happening at once. And uh, yeah, time, time belongs to our minds and, and our perspective on, on reality. And uh, it belongs very much to our, uh, our left brain uh, minds. And of course, in the modern West, that's, uh, that's the reality we live in. Uh, it's, you know, some, some of us are more right-brained, but uh, the, the left brain uh, dominates, dominates our culture and our society to a, to a huge degree. Of course, the uh, study of dreams and recognition of dreams uh, is not a modern thing at all. Uh, dreams uh, play an important part of many uh, <clears throat> ancient stories, and uh, they're uh, important in the Bible. So in the uh, Bible... Uh, in many stories and passages, um, uh, they offer things like uh, insight and, and foresight into, uh, you know, difficult decisions. Um, and they uh, sometimes open up uh, vistas of higher dimensions of reality. And uh, they uh, are a way that uh, God communicates with us. And... Um, of course, angels uh, often appear in dreams, and angels are, uh, are messengers from God. So uh, I wanted to just, uh, you know, maybe, maybe briefly talk about a particular dream, which occurs uh, in Genesis. Uh, it's a very famous dream. Uh, it's called, uh, well, it's, re it's referred to as the, the story of Jacob's Ladder. And... Uh, uh, you know, it's an interesting story in the sense that there's a, there's a little drama involved. Uh, Jacob was the, uh, uh, you know, had a, um, a falling out with his brother Esau. Um, you know, typical sibling rivalry. Jacob, uh, Jacob uh, won, the father, won the favor of their father. And uh, Esau uh, thought that he had uh, stolen his birthright as the older brother. And uh, he, he was so uh, upset about it that he, uh, he was out for blood. 
he wanted to uh, he wanted to kill Jacob, uh, his own brother, and uh, their mother Rebecca uh, went to Jacob and warned him and said, you know, you better you better get out of here for a while, and uh, and so uh, and so Jacob left, you know, and, and uh, um, on on his uh, on his journey. Uh, away from the uh, you know, from where they were, <laughs> I'm losing losing the details here. Uh, but Jacob uh, Jacob uh, spent the night in a cave and he had a dream. And uh, the the dream is known as Jacob's ladder. Uh, in the, in this dream, Jacob saw a ladder extending up to heaven, and he saw um, spiritual beings, angels. Uh, Climbing up and down, passing up and down that ladder, and at the top of the ladder was uh, was God herself. And so, uh, you know, powerful dream they had. Uh, those of us that are into um, Kriya Yoga, we might see uh, uh, the chakra system in the uh, in the idea of Jacob's ladder. But it's uh, it's a wonderful thought, Jacob's ladder, which connects the the earthly realm with the heavenly realm. Um, very much uh, connected to, to dreams, I think. <laughs> um, uh, thinking about Jacob's Ladder and, and kind of you know, preparing my ideas. I don't, I don't actually write them down very much or have notes for these talks, but in, in getting ready for this, I was reminded of the, the, the film, Jacob's Ladder, uh, from, uh, shoot, any, from a while back. And um, you know, wonderful film. Tim Tim Robbins stars as a um, as a guy who uh, uh, basically is in the afterlife after being killed in the in the Vietnam War, and working through uh, that process of realizing that he's dead and, and letting go of his attachments. Um, uh, it's a very powerful film, and uh, it it takes us into uh, you know. For for our, for its time and for our culture, it's an amazing film because it relate relates some some very deep spiritual truths that we may not be connected with these days. For one thing, uh, uh, tradition the the, uh, the esoteric tradition tells us that uh, you know uh, that we have three bodies: we have a, a physical body, we have a uh, a mental body, or a dream body. And we have a, a, a deeper causal body. In the, the Sanskrit tradition, uh, the yogic tradition, these are known as the uh, stula sharira. The stula sharira is often called the, the gross body. Um, I, I don't like that term, just, just because of the fact that I grew up in a time, uh, and I don't think it's used that way too much anymore, but uh, if something was really disgusting when I was a kid, we would say, oh, gross. So, um, so I don't want to think that way about my physical body. The physical body is not disgusting. It's just, uh, um, it's just physical. It's just material. And it's, it's the most obvious aspect of ourselves uh, through the five senses. Uh, but within this, uh, within this physical body, we have a, a mental body operating. And, uh, and when we're asleep at night, the you know, the, uh, the, the physical body actually goes into a, a form of sleep paralysis. Sometimes we wake up and experience that and it's kind of scary. But the body, the body goes into a state of paralysis. The senses close down 
and we enter um, into that uh, that dream body and into the dream world, which is um, you know uh, in uh, esoteric esoteric terms, uh, it was called the the astral the astral plane, <laughs> and uh, um, we move in, we move into this dimension where we're not our physical bodies anymore. And uh, of course, like I mentioned before, the uh, the, the sense of self, the ego, uh, becomes much more fluid and expansive. And so, um, uh, and of course, there is that that other aspect of ourselves, the uh, the causal body, and uh, that that is the uh, um, that's the body that is basically uh, there in deep dreamless sleep, and. Uh, I've touched on that before in another talk, but uh, we, we want to focus main, mainly on the dream body, the dream experience here today. So um, when, we, when we're in that dream body, in that dream experience, we, uh, if, if we are, maybe if we're very fortunate, if uh, God favors us, we may uh, have access to Jacob's Ladder. But it's... Um, uh, if nothing else, it's a symbol telling us that we are meant to climb, to, to evolve uh, beyond this uh, current state of our beings. So to uh, recap, in a sense, there are three bodies that we live in. Uh, there, there are more actually than those three, but those are the three main ones, the three basic ones that human beings live in in uh, our experience of reality. We have a physical body called the stula sharira in Sanskrit, um, the material body, the body which experiences the, through the five senses. And then we also have an, an inner body, a, a mental body or a dream body called the sukshma, Sharira. And this is the body, this is the inner body of the mind. And then we have the, uh, uh, the causal body, which is the, the deeper, most essential aspect of who we are. And that is, uh, that's known as the Karana Sharira in, in Sanskrit. So as, th this is an important concept for me in understanding things because, uh, uh, it's essential to understanding who we are. We are not simply these physical bodies. We are not the uh, the, the stula sharira. Um, and in fact, uh, um, you know, at death, uh, as, as I've mentioned before, um, the uh, the stula sharira and the the sukshma sharira, the subtle body, the dream body, separate, and and we become uh, exclusively identified with that, that dream body, um, according to tradition. And for, for some of me, that, for some reason, that seems uh, very intuitively true for me. Uh, the, the, we move into that other dimension, that, that astral plane. But I want to move on from there and, and uh, um, talk about uh, a passage from The Four Agreements by uh, Don Miguel Ruiz. Uh, a wonderful book. It's been a, uh, uh, you know, it's been an influence on so many people. Um, and it, Don Miguel Ruiz uh, uh, comes from the uh, the Toltec tradition, 
tradition, a shaman, what I'll call a shamanic tradition, a tra tradition of medicine people. And uh, uh, in the beginning of his book, the introduction of, his, of the Four Agreements, uh, Don Miguel Ruiz tells the tale of uh, uh, the Smoky Mirror. And the Smoky Mirror is a, the name of a, uh, of a shaman, uh, a medicine man, medicine person, <laughs> um, in, uh, uh, who lived uh, 3,000 years ago. And uh, at, uh, in, as, as part of his training or his, his, his experience, he, um, he had a profound dream. And th this dream is different in many ways from, from our ordinary dreams. It's not like the dream I had last night. I don't know about you. Uh, for one thing, it's lucid. He's, he's awake and he's aware that he's dreaming. Uh, um, and he, uh, he enters that, that dream reality. And he, uh, he also, it also uh, gives him access to a, um, a higher level of reality. And so um, uh, it's, a, it's a way that maybe we can understand of awakening uh, beyond our dreams. Um, so uh, the, uh, the, the, the Smoky Mirror, uh, along the process of his, his developing as a, as a medicine person, um, one day, as he slept in a cave, he dreamed that he saw his own body sleeping. He came out of the cave on the night of a new moon. The sky was clear, and he could see millions of stars. Then something happened inside of him that transformed his life forever. He looked at his hands. He felt his body. And he heard his own voice say, I am made of light. I am made of stars. He looked at the stars again, and he realized that it's not the stars that create light, but rather light that creates the stars. Everything is made of light, he said, and the space in between isn't empty. And he knew that everything that exists is one living being, and that light is the messenger of life, because it is alive and contains all information. Then he realized that although he was made of stars, he was not those stars. I am in between the stars, he thought. So he called the stars the tonal, and the light between the stars the nawal. And he knew that what created the he knew that what created the harmony and space between the two is life or intent. Without life, the tonal and the nawal could not exist. Life is the force of the absolute, the supreme, the creator. Who creates everything. This is what he discovered. Everything is existence. Everything in existence is a manifestation of the one living being we call God. Everything is God. And he came to the conclusion that human perception is merely light, perceiving light. He also saw that matter is a mirror. Everything is a mirror that reflects light and creates images of that light. And the world of illusion, the dream, is just like smoke, which doesn't allow us to see what we really are. The real us 
is pure love, pure light, he said. So uh, that's a pretty good dream, huh? <laughs> um, uh, it's a great story. And, uh, you know, uh, the smoky mirror uh, went on. Uh, uh, part of the story is the realization that all of us are living in our private dreams, our individual dreams, and we don't connect with this, uh, this larger dream, this universal dream, uh, which uh, Smoky Mirror was able to, uh, to connect with. So dreams, uh, uh, you know, as we, as we look into these altered states of consciousness, sort of these various states of consciousness, um, in order to really connect with the deepest level of reality, we have to get beyond being stuck uh, in the waking state of reality as the, you know, as the only one, as, as the basis of reality. We have to realize that mind creates reality. And so that's, uh, and mind has different aspects. It has two aspects, really, in, in terms of our, the way our brains function. Uh, mind for us is both uh, linear and, uh, you know, mathematical and scientific and, and rational. The, uh, the left side of our brains, and it is also uh, uh, holistic and creative and, uh, and uh, emotional, uh, which is part of the, the left, the, uh, the right brain uh, side of ourselves. And uh, um, we, need, we need to combine those two. We need to bring those two together in order to, uh, <clears throat> I won't say connect with reality or perceive reality better because uh, what we're talking about is, is creating reality better. Creating a, 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 uh, creating a reality that is more suited to what we truly want, to who we truly are. A reality of um, compassion and love. A reality of justice. A reality of peace. A reality of, of truthfulness and honesty and uh, empathy, and a genuine connection with each other and all beings. Wow. Let's, um, let's, wor let's work on that one of these days. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't think that's where the, the governments of the world are going right now. That's where, uh, that's where, the, the, that's where we're evolving in terms of our consciousness and gaining higher consciousness. I want to share one last story as, uh, in, in this podcast because I want to go back to, to the, uh, the Hindu tradition, which, um, you know, because I, uh, I spent some time in India, I, I uh, got deeply into uh, the yoga, the philosophy. Uh, I, I developed a fondness, a, a deep fondness for the Hindu religion, the, the Vedantic teachings, and... Uh, there's a story within, uh, uh, well, this is with it, com it comes from the, uh, the Ramayana, I believe, which is an epic poem uh, of India um, and uh, tells the story of, of, of Rama and Sita and, and their ongoing stuff. Um, <laughs> sorry, sorry, that's not very, not, not very respectful. Um, but uh, this particular story I want to share is a story of. Um, uh, of Narada and, uh, and Vishnu. 
Now, uh, Narada uh, uh, was, a, was a disciple. He was a follower of Vishnu. And Vishnu, if you, um, you, know, if you know anything about Hinduism, is, uh, is an aspect of God. God, God appears uh, uh, in, a, in a trinity, the, the Hindu trinity, um, as the, the creator, Brahma, the, the sustainer, the preserver of Vishnu, and the, uh, uh, the, the transformer sometimes called the destroyer, the transformer, uh, uh, Shiva. And so, uh, um, but this is the story of, uh, you know, and it's a, you know, it's a mythological tale <laughs> um, of, uh, of um, Narada. The, the, uh, and Narada is actually considered a, a son of Brahma. So he's, uh, you know, he's a, he's a son of God, as we all are. And... Uh, He's learning, he's studying with Vishnu, and uh, who is, um, you know, far, far above our, um, our uh, worldly 3D level of consciousness, you know, uh, by multiple degrees. Um, but uh, Narada hangs out with, with, uh, with Vishnu and, and is learning from him, and he asks him one day uh, to explain Maya. To him. What, what is Maya? And Maya, in uh, again in the Hindu tradition, uh, is is illusion, and it's very much connected with this idea of a dream. And the idea that we live um, in a dream right now, as we are, uh, some might say a hypnotic state, but we live we live in our private dreams, and we also live in a collective dream. And uh, um, actually, Vishnu, uh, one of the, the images of Vishnu is he's reclined on uh, the serpent Ananta, which means eternity, um, dreaming. And he dreams this universe into being. So uh, Vishnu, in the, at least in, the, in this uh, tradition, we can understand Vishnu as the, uh, the dreamer of the dreams of all of our lives all of our experiences um, different different way of thinking about God huh <laughs> at least at least for many of us uh, but Narada has as um, you know he has his pretty direct aspect to Vishnu and he asked him to explain Maya which is uh, you know the the, the idea that uh, everything is illusion and and Vishnu uh, what Vishnu does is he, he sends him away he says uh, he says I'll tell you but, uh, but I, I'm thirsty right now. Uh, please go get me some water. And Narada had to uh, walk to a, a well that was uh, some distance away. Um, so he goes to the well you know, with the intention of getting uh, Vishnu water. Why God needs a drink of water, I don't know. But that's the way these stories work, right? <laughs> so uh, uh, Vishnu, Vishnu gets to the well but when he gets there, he sees a beautiful girl, and he falls in love immediately, totally entranced. Um, and uh, and he uh, uh, right away he asks her for her hand in marriage, and uh, you know she takes him to meet her family, and her father agrees, and and the two get married, and they're they're very much in love. And, uh, and they, you know, they start having children. They have a family. 
they're doing well. They start to, uh, you know, they, they start to be successful. They make, they make some wealth. They, uh, they have a pretty good life. And, uh, and their children are doing well. And, and they're happy. They're in love. Everything is going great. Um, just what we all dream of, you know, just what we all wish for, right? Uh, and, and what happens is one day uh, a, a terrible storm comes through. And a flood uh, comes and, uh, and washes the village they're living in away. And uh, Narada finds himself in the middle of, of this, this torrent, of this river. And uh, he's trying to hold on to his wife and his, and his kids. Uh, they're trying to hold on to each other. And one by one, they slip away. It's just too much. And, and alas, he, he can't hold on to anything. It's all gone. And all of a sudden, this hand reaches out, pulls him out of the river. And Vishnu says, where's my water? And Narada looks at him and says, you know, what, what's your problem, man? I just lost my wife and family. And Vishnu says, you asked me to show you Maya. And that was it. You just experienced it. It's a virtual reality. It's a dream. So that's a, that's a deep story, huh? That's a profound story. Uh, and maybe it's, it's a little disturbing in a way. Because it, it, you know, it goes back to those Vedantic teachings, that idea that uh, this is not real. The reality we perceive that we live in is, uh, is illusion, maya. So uh, what does it mean to wake up? And we can wake up in our dreams. Uh, you know, in lucid dreaming, we, we become awake in our dreams. We know that we're in a dream experience and uh, and that's a wonderful you know it's a it's a it's a wonderful thing when that happens because you know if uh, whatever you're experiencing in your dream all of a sudden you're in control of it you can you can change it but in a higher level of awakening you know we're, we're climbing Jacob's ladder here we're, we're awakening to higher and higher levels of reality uh, the next level of reality is uh, to realize that um, you know I'm part of, of everything. I'm part of God. I'm I am God. I am I, I'm not separate from anything or anyone. Uh, you know, just like the the dream of the smoky mirror. That's a, that's awakening. That's a, a a dream of awakening. So. Um, we, we can compare those levels of reality. 
And uh, what we're trying to do is, uh, is wake up from this reality. I think. Some of us are. You know? kind, of, kind of goes back to my, uh, you know, my little sister who always tells me, why, why do I have to do what you say? I, I just, you know, <laughs> you don't have to. If you're, if you're ready to, uh, you, you're ready. But uh, the truth is, uh, if you look around the world we're living in today, it is, we're, we're living in extraordinary times, as Greg Braden puts it. We are living in times of extreme instability and chaos. And, and where do we go from here? And we may have to go deeper into ourselves in order to solve this one. Because we're not solving things out there in the world. The old, the old, uh, the old approaches, the old ways, the old systems are not working, and things are breaking down. So uh, maybe, uh, maybe what we need to do is start waking up. Um, anyway, uh, I think I'll stop there. Uh, this has been a long rambling podcast. Podcast. I hope um, I hope you enjoyed it and, and maybe taking something uh, beneficial from it. Uh, namaste, Shanti, Shanti, Shanti.